This is Steve Adubato. Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. I'm here with my colleague, Mary Gamba. How are you doing, Mary? I'm doing great today. How are you? Doing great. We're here at East Main Media Studios. And uh, Brian, everything good? Everything is great. Terrific. In just a couple of seconds, we're going to be talking to our good friend, Michelle Sikirka, who's the president and chief executive officer of the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, a leader who also teaches others and promotes leadership with women in particular, a recent seminar that we did down there, a recent conference, but leadership across the board in the business community. Mary, real quick, let folks know where they can find lessons in leadership. Absolutely. Uh, they can find us on Facebook, Steve Adubato, PhD, that's A-D-U-B-A-T-O, as well as on Twitter at Steve Adubato. Uh, they can go to our website at stand-deliver.com. We have a lot of great resources there, free articles. They can find information on our books and uh, also on Apple Podcasting, Google Play, and you can give us a like if you uh, really enjoy what you're listening to. You also know you can find us on the AM970 website. You can find us on the Business and Industry Association site, NJBIA, mm -hmm. and, and Fios On Demand, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just, I'm just plugging. All we're going to do for a half hour is plug. You never do that, Steve. This is something new. And you know I have a book called Lessons in Leadership? No way. I happen to have it somewhere on my desk. I'm going to pull it out. Well, you should oh. know. You wrote half of it. There um, it is. More importantly, enough about us. Let's go to our good friend, Michelle Sikirka, who is the president and Chief Executive Officer of NJBIA, New Jersey Business and Industry Association. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing great. Such a pleasure to join you once again. Absolutely. Michelle, I was just making reference to a conference that was held. I mean, I was overwhelmed by the number of women in leadership positions who were there that the Business and Industry Association held. I was also honored to have the opportunity to moderate a forum on building your own brand and executive presence. Question. When did you know that you had innate leadership qualities? Wow, what a great question. Um, you know, I'd have to say that it comes with maturity, and what I mean by that is just uh, some years of experience. You know, I tend to say in life what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, um, and I kind of believe that. And so we all walk around with some of those war wounds, but... It is those war wounds that give us the experiences that then help us to rise as leaders. And so I don't know that I can pinpoint a specific day or moment that it happened, but I have to say I feel in each iteration of my career, my leadership skills have been built by the different types of experiences that I had the ability to participate in. So, Michelle, let me ask you, the kinds of women who, who were there that day, and by the way, there were men there as well, but literally hundreds and hundreds of women from all walks of life. Over 500. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are they women in the corporate world, in government, in entrepreneurial situations, creating their own businesses? Are they all different kinds of women in different leadership positions? Absolutely. At all different levels in their careers, which is really important. The diversity of this event is significantly important. It's uh, diversity across industry as well as where you are in the phase of your career. Mm. By the way, Michelle, do you mind if we plug some of our sponsors on Lessons in Leadership? <laughs> By the way, you, you, can you relate at all to thanking your sponsors, Michelle Sikirka? Well, I'd have to say, you know, we enjoy a tremendous <laughs> partnership with you, Steve, and uh, certainly through our award-winning New Jersey Business Magazine, um, we enjoy the opportunity to share mutual opportunities and benefits that all of our New Jersey leaders can benefit from. That being said, Michelle also knows that we work very hard, the Business and Industry Association works very hard at, at getting and keeping sponsors. So I want to thank our friends at Prager Metis, 
um, at New Jersey Resources, at RWJ Barnabas Health, and also at Valley Bank, as well as a range of others. Michelle, let me ask you this. A lot of talk about the C-suite, women in the C-suite and in the boardrooms. Are we making any significant progress in breaking through and having more women in the C-suite and more women on boards, or are we stagnant? We are certainly not stagnant. We are making slow and steady progress. I do believe that we are moving the needle, maybe not at the pace we'd like to, but I'm someone who believes slow and steady wins the race. Okay. What I'm really curious about, I've been reading one of the leadership books on this desk here. I'm sorry, Andrew and the team here and Brian for being so sloppy, but I have all these leadership books. And one of them that's been on my mind a lot is this book called Off Balance. It's written by Matthew Kelly. It's a New York Times bestseller. And simply, Michelle, what it talks about is the myth of work-life balance, that there is no such thing as work-life balance. It's either you're satisfied or you're not satisfied or getting to being more satisfied in your work and in your personal life. Question for you who's always had a seeming, seemingly to me, I've known you for many years, a significant professional career. Your family matters so much to you. How do you, I'm not gonna use the word balance, how do you juggle it all and what does that have to do with leadership? Well, let me say, I have now 27-year-old twins, and so you can imagine, yes, as I was coming up through my career, I struggled with this uh, every day. Let me say that I have read every self-help book on balancing <laughs> family and work. I am not kidding you. You could see my library. And I commend every author, and I've tried every suggested tip, and there's no such thing. But I would always say that um, family, family always comes first. Um, and it happens to work itself out. Follow your gut and your instincts. You know on a given point in time where you are in your trajectory, and it could be even just how your week is going, how your month is going, or the bigger part of your career. And while family always comes first, sometimes it's going to be just fine that you have to take a night to go out to a networking event or you have to attend a meeting or you have to travel because it's good for your career. Your family's not going to suffer from it. And particularly if your children understand, you know, that you are out there trying to do good for the greater community, they're going to appreciate the fact that you are out there being a part of, of society and helping society move forward. I say to my colleagues all the time, leave your mother, spouse, significant other guilt at the door. You will just <laughs> be fine. But in the sake of the moment, right, just stop and say to yourself, who needs me today? If my family, you know, if today's the day I don't need to be at the uh, softball game or the soccer game, right, because dad's there or my significant other or my parent is there and I really need to go do this networking, take the moment to do it. Your family will not suffer for it. I'm looking at Mary Gamma, my co-host and colleague, our executive producer, with two teenage boys. She's looking, saying, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. No, I, I live it, too. And, Michelle, uh, great recommendations. I, too, read a lot of self-help help books. And I take a nugget from each of them and apply it where it fits. And I've also found, in terms of the balance, as you were just talking about, is I learn to be present in each of the moments. I learn to be present when I'm at work. Not that I don't think about my children or my family, and I'm not... I will be there if they happen to call and need me, but it's more about being present in each of those opportunities. And do you feel like that's something that's really helped you along the way in terms of being present, whether at work or at home, to really just be the best you that you could be? Uh, Michelle, let me complicate that before you answer it. Uh, I'm holding up my iPhone. How has technology made that oh, more goodness. difficult to be present? Go ahead. 
oh, there's so much noise in our lives today because of technology. I mean, I really feel for the, the next generation because their world is so small. You know, our world wasn't as complicated when we had less technology. So while technology is an enabler, it creates a lot of noise, and it's incumbent upon us to learn when to cut through the noise. Mary, to your point about being present, 100%. You know, when you put your all into a moment, if you take the time to show up somewhere, you know, my gosh, don't just show up. Literally be there, right? I mean, give your all to that time, and that's where your where passion is. Whether it's time with your children, and then you got to shut out the noise of your work for whatever that period of time is, so they really feel that you were there for them. And then in your career, when you show up to that event or that meeting or, or whatever it is, they need your undivided attention, and sometimes you just got to put that phone on the side. You've been listening to Michelle Sikirka, the president and CEO of the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. Check out, by the way, Michelle, uh, let's plug the website. Let's everyone know where they can go to the website to find out more. Where do they go? www.njbia.org. Great stuff. And by the way, BIA sends out these really powerful, effective e-blasts during the day about important news in the world of business and public policy and, and leadership, et cetera. Last question before I let you go, Michelle. One of the things about you, and Michelle has joined us on our public television programming for, for years and continues to do that to talk about a whole range of business economic issues, what matters to the business community in New Jersey. But Michelle, the one thing about you that I've always noticed is that you have a very high level of what I like to call executive presence. Where did you learn it? Well, thank you. Uh, this has to do with looking at people who you respect and taking away some observations of why you respect them and why others respect them, and then trying to um, empower yourself with those types of skills. And so over my lifetime, I, I have to tell you that I have not had formal mentors in my life, but I've had tons and tons of informal mentors. And for me, those are people who I looked at and said, wow, they're really doing something spectacular. They have good presence. What can I learn from them? Great stuff. Uh, I want to thank Michelle Sikirka for joining us. And we, after this break, Mary and I will break this down. Again, I want to thank our friends at Prager Metis and, and uh, RWJ Barnabas Health and Valley uh, Bank, as well as the folks at New Jersey Resources and so many others. Michelle, thank you for joining us, breaking down some of uh, these leadership questions, but most importantly, offering some extremely valuable lessons in leadership. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Good stuff. We'll be right back right after this. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Prager Metis, Gibbons PC, Valley Bank, New Jersey Resources, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato. This is Mary Gamba with me, listening on AM 970, as well as on Apple. Apple Podcasts. And Google. And Google and Spotify. And Spotify. I figured that out, absolutely. And AM mm -hmm. 970 on their website and ROI. And JBIA.org. And JBIA. Stand-deliver.com. And Fios on, on demand. demand. Yes. I'm just saying. Very exciting. So how about this? Uh, we listened to Michelle Sikirka talk all about, what mm -hmm. are some of the things we talked she about? She was talking about life, uh, the work-life balance, um, being present in the moment, uh, which is so important if you're at home, being present in your mind and your space at home. And when you're at work, making sure that you're present in what you're doing. And then she went into the importance of reading and learning from others and just really being a lifelong long learner, which is something that you and I talk about all the time. Because you've never arrived, you've, you're just constantly learning. 
Yeah, so in mm -hmm. that spirit, all the books that we have here, and uh, Michelle, again, she talked about the <clears throat> this whole idea of lifelong learning. Again, go on to our website at stand-deliver.com. Uh, I believe you're going to see a leadership library. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mary and I met in a hospital. Yes. I was there and you were working there. Yes. And again, I believe we started talking about don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, you actually had the book out on your um, on the table. And I said, I love that book. It's one of my favorites. First of all, because it's short. I love things that could be they're easy, easily digestible. Yeah. Um, you could just turn to a specific chapter based on a particular issue or challenge that you're having. And if you're just looking for some insight. So, so why don't we do this? Great. Let's go through some of these chapters in the mm -hmm. spirit of lifelong learning. Sure. Because I go back and I still read Carlson. I was reading the other day. Do you remember the 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 danger of spiral thinking? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I was I was spiraling. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, what about if this happened? And what about if that happened and this happened? Mm -hmm. I had to go back and read that chapter oh, yeah. because I was thinking by the end of my spiral thinking, everything was gone. Oh, totally. The organ the company had gone bankrupt. Uh, we had no more money. I had to, we foreclosed on our, yeah. I'm not even. Oh, I know. And I'm I know. thinking, what am I doing? How yeah. did I get here? Go exactly. ahead. Exactly. And, and a, a small degree of spiral thinking is healthy. You want to make sure that you don't get so into the now that you're not seeing the forest from the trees and seeing what could be down the line. You don't want to be blindsided. But what you do need to do is make sure that you're not um, going into a negative spiral thinking pattern mm. where then one negative leads to another and it leads to another. And then it will become a self-fulfilled prophecy. And yeah, that's excuse me good. for interrupting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Steve and I were just talking about yeah. how, uh, you know, one of the chapters. What's chapter course, 29? Uh, well, chapter I was 29 looking, is become a better listener. What yes, were you thinking? I was looking at chapter seven, don't interrupt others or finish their sentences. <laughs> so sorry, chapter seven, exactly. <laughs> so I had said to Steve, uh, I had said to you, Steve, I had said that if you say to someone that, oh, you know, sorry for interrupting, you wouldn't have to say it if you weren't interrupting. I'm not buying it. Okay. Okay. We're going to, we're going to get, I'm going to deal with this with you mm -hmm. because this is an important leadership issue. It's an important communication and life issue. Sure. I'm saying, it's so interesting. You, you say you shouldn't interrupt. And my problem with that argument is this. I engage in what I like to call strategic interrupting. Translation. If someone has said something to mm -hmm. you that you want to follow up on, I'll say, excuse me, I'm sorry for interrupting, Mary. Can you give me an example of what you're saying so I could better understand it? Now, that is not the same as interrupting you because you, I remember years ago, I was in college and I used to ski. I know you find that hard to believe. I had just come back from Colorado and Utah skiing and I was talking about how great the skiing was. Oh, it was really great. And the snow, and I started talking about it and someone said, you think that skiing is great? Let me tell you, I was in the Alps. That's one upsmanship. So that's a little bit different than interrupting, but. I'm sorry, you finished because I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> that is different, Mary. Both of those examples are interrupt interruptions. Right. I'm saying strategic interrupting mm -hmm. is wanting to know more, is looking to clarify, is questioning something you just said so that I can connect with you. Interrupting is okay if your intentions are to move the conversation forward and you're not buying it. Uh, no, I, I agree in certain cases, that's all. And I wasn't even accusing you of being the one that was interrupting. I was just referring to one of the chapters. No, it's not at all. You said I interrupted. No, I didn't. You think we've been working together too many years? <laughs> I said, 
when you had the idea to go through this book, I said, this is going to be fun. All right, pick go one, ahead. go. All right. Um, understand separate realities. It could not be more perfect than right now. No, go ahead. I love that. And we've talked about it on the show. So I actually may just move on to another one because we have talked about that before. Separate realities. It's just really, it's almost agreeing to disagree and understanding that somebody may see something from a different perspective. And the best example I can use is this. And we will not belabor this whole uh, separate reality thing. <clears throat> Again, we've joked on other editions of, <clears throat> excuse me, Lessons in Leadership, that <laughs> one of our guests talked about Little House on the Prairie. Yes. And you said you liked it. Mm -hmm. And you grew up in a house, we talked about this a million times, yeah. a nice house where people said nice things yep. to each other, like Little House on the Prairie. Sure. I didn't, that was not my reality. My reality was very different. Therefore, the way we see the world is somewhat predicated on our realities. Right, but the way that I see your world is based on not only my own perception, and that's what understanding someone else's separate realities. In other words, I can't judge you because of the way that you act, just because of the way that you were brought up. So I need to be empathetic to that and understand where that communicator hmm. is coming from. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I do agree with that, but there, mm -hmm. are, I, I always wonder if there is, as a leader, as a person in a leadership position, are there any objective realities that are not debatable? Oh, that's They're a They're not question. separate. It's like, this is the standard, this is what's expected, and don't be telling me you have a separate reality. That's a great question. I think in that situation, when you're setting the bar and standards, no, I, there are no separate realities. I think that comes more into... Um, if you're really just talking about maybe someone's delivery, someone's tone, yes, that's where but that comes standards. in. not standards. How about this one? You ready? I'm ready. I got I, one of my favorite books. Um, excuse me. Um, let's do. do, 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 do uh, oh, okay. Praise and blame are all the same. Do you even remember that chapter? I well, I, to say that I remember the exact points of that chapter, no. You remember but, the theme? Of course. What yeah. Was it? Um, well, that pretty much, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> you want to know what? Do you? Neither do I. Okay, good. <laughs> I actually have one. Go. And I love this one. Practice random acts of kindness. Random? I have started doing this, I would say, about for the past 10 years, right? So, for instance, the other day, I say the other day, it was like three weeks ago, I was at Panda Express, a nice little plug for Panda Express. You don't even that? know what it is. It's a fast food, a Chinese food place. And you go and you pick your foods as you go down the line. It was a pet store. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> it leave is Chinese it alone, food. Leave it alone. Oh, you didn't marry. You didn't say. Okay, okay. So what listen, I love Panda, Panda Express. Express. Go ahead. And so we're moving down the line. And then the guy in front of me digging around and he pulls out a credit card. His credit card was being declined, 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 declined. And it's, Gave you know, a credit card. <laughs> well, and you know, pretty much oh. he's scrambling, you know, you could tell like he's sweating bullets and it wasn't an act. It wasn't like, Oh, maybe if I do this long enough, the lady behind line is going to pay for me. Right. So I paid for his, his meal. And again, did, did I do it? So I, I didn't go home and tell anybody. Nobody knows this is the first time I'm talking about it. But it made me feel good. It made me then maybe he'll do something and maybe it made his day. And, you know, it's just I like that chapter. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. And I, I do it in small ways. I'll, I'll, even if I don't like somebody's hair, I love your hair. Oh, you right? lie. I do. Leadership and, and lying. Let's it, talk. It's great. No, but it really does. It, it, you never know what someone else is going through and you never know. It, maybe they're having a bad day and it just helps to lift it up. You know so why I like that you're one. full of it? Why? Because in another edition of Lessons in Leadership, you said that you become less empathetic and less patient with all that, and you're still 
like one of the nicest people I've ever met. There is a difference between empathy. Go ahead. Okay. I didn't like go and like support that guy for the rest of his life and just paying it forward. I think there is a difference. I didn't, I, I don't agree in feeling sorry for people. And I think that's where empathy comes in. I didn't feel sorry for him. I just wanted to do the right thing and pay for his meal. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Yeah. I just want so, to understand that. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. What do you got? Give me one more. Uh, just one All right. More. One more. Let's see, another good one. Well, while we're pausing, why don't you look and I'm going to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Please thank our sponsors as we stall, but also uh, that is important to do that. Go ahead. No, no, it's really great. So uh, we would love to thank New Jersey Resources and Prager Metis. Uh, for everyone that is listening to us on AM 970 Radio, if you like what you hear, you can also subscribe to the Apple Podcast and Google Play of Lessons in Leadership and the Leadership Hour. And you could follow us on Facebook at Steve Adubato, PhD. That's A-D-U-B-A. A-T-O, and uh, that's Good stuff. It. I got one I don't like. You got one you don't like? It's chapter 69. Be happy where you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, can't do it. And you don't like that one? No. No. Can't. Well. Could, well, maybe your interpretation of it and mine are not the same. Maybe right, right, right. I separate see where realities. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you mine. I am not good with saying this is where we are. Now, I try to take, I try not to take and my wife and our kids and my health and and the fact that we work with great people for granted. However, would there be a lessons in leadership video podcast if we were happy with where we were? No. Would there be Think not. Tank the podcast? No. Would we be doing a million other things that we're doing? That's to me what it is. Constant innovation. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, and I see it that way. I think when I, when I, and again, the exact details of the chapter and how he had intended it, I see it as um, be grateful, be thankful where you are in, in more in a philosophical sense rather than applying it to the work, you know, that, that you were just talking about. So yeah, I agree with you completely. I don't think you could ever be um, content, especially at work um, okay. and, and even in life too. You want to always be working to become a better person and to become a better leader. I, I just do want to shift gears, okay? Go ahead. We've talked about this before, and a lot of people mention Daniel Goleman, but don't really um, understand it. It makes, you know, they don't, they you'd like to use the term emotional intelligence. I'm gonna, I don't know if you remember we ever did this, but this is one of the pages, if you're looking at us on video, this is one of the pages in our leadership manual, the connection between leadership and emotional intelligence. I'm gonna run some things past you. Mm -hmm. So what Goleman argues, Dr. Daniel Goleman argues, that emotional intelligence is largely about self-awareness, but he also says emotional intelligence is about <clears throat> managing your moods. You ready? Keeping calm no matter how you feel inside is critically important to the messages you're communicating to those around you. While passion is essential to persuading people, passion is not the same as toxic emotions. Go. Wow. You and I have talked about that for years, that there is a difference between being passionate and really feeling an intense visceral reaction to something that maybe went wrong and how you communicate that. Because if you communicate it in such a way that the other person perceives it as being aggressive or not the right tone, they're going to shut down and then you're not going to go anywhere. Toxic emotions. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? I think it is. Toxic, you could call it anything. You could call it anger, rage, but toxic emotions Toxic are, is poisonous. It is. And and it, it could become like a cancer in the organization. If there's that 
if from the top there's a sense that the leadership is toxic, it's going to go down and poison the rest of the organization. In many of the guests that we've had on, and I think um, uh, Michelle mentioned it too when we Michelle were talking. Sikirka, Michelle the, Sikirka, the CEO yep. of New Jersey Business and Industry Association. Yes, and you need to lead by example. And it's sometimes just not in what you say and do, but it's just overall your actions on a daily basis. And if you are leading in the example that you're setting is one of a toxic emotion, then the people that work for you are going to believe that that's the standard and that's what's expected of them. Okay. So go back to another question about emotional intelligence, which I find fascinating. And I, the only reason I keep talking about this is because I know you understand it. Do you think the people who are, go back to self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who's argumentative, defensive, refusing to accept the feedback that is required to be the coach and leader you need to be. Do you think he or she knows it, A, B, even cares to know? I would say yes and no. I think that yes, the person is aware and that's just, they believe that they're right. And one of the chapters as I was th thumbing through is, you yeah. know, you don't always have to be right and that's okay. And um, do they... Did, do they want to know? Like, I don't think they do in those situations. One thing that we haven't actually talked about, and it's interesting to flip it, we've also given feedback to certain people on our team over the years, and they sit there and they nod and they accept <laughs> it. And yeah, like, okay, I'm going to work on that. And three months later, they're still doing the same. Weren't we just know. talking about this? Yeah. So how the heck do you so, know that message sent is equals message yeah, it's received? it's one extreme or the other. And I think that's why we're able to do what we do on a daily basis. And we've been able to do it for so many years because there is no one right way. There's no cookie cutter. All right, I just, you know, handled this situation with, you know, employee A, and now I'm going to go work work with Bob and it's going to work the same way. You need to adapt your leadership style to your people. And that's, it's challenging. It's very challenging. Uh, I'm going to complicate things for you. Mm -hmm. You just said Bob. We don't have a Bob on the team. Because we all have all women on that's the team and saying. it'd be a weird all... name for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Very funny. Question. Do you believe that it's harder for a team of all one gender, right? There's me and then there's all these very talented women on the team, is it harder to lead in that situation for you? That's interesting. I think it is easier for a woman to lead other women because we can relate to one another better. We use similar, uh, for the most part, uh, whether it's conversational styles, whether it's uh, wording, whether it's- I'm sorry, I'm about to interrupt. Should I send a signal first? <laughs> Sometimes you said you think you think like, quote, a man. Oh, no, I do. And that's- uh, the next thing out of my mouth was just going to be that way. Exactly. So I work with a team of all women. I lead a team, team of all women. But growing up, and I've said this to you, that literally I've been always closer friends with guys. And it's just always been easier because I don't deal well with drama. And a lot of times, and again, I'll probably get hate email or hate mail, but there's usually sometimes more drama associated with women than men. Men are, you know, just historically, they want to get things done, you know, be done and move on. And then it's just blank. They don't think about it again. Women sometimes tend to think about things a little bit more. They tend to ruminate over it. They tend to, uh, my feelings are hurt. And I don't have a lot of patience for that. But when it comes to leading another group of women, because I am a woman, sometimes that is a little bit easier. That's, That's what so I was going to say. But I, ironically, I am the only woman in my household because I have a husband and two boys. And up until just recently, our dog was also a boy. And so I do find that even though it's challenging, it's also a great opportunity to learn how to lead in that way as well. Final question. 
as more and more women gain more and more traction in the leadership, in the world of leadership, whether they be in the C-suite, on boards, et cetera, over time, do you think organizational culture, with a minute left, I'm asking this question, I can't believe it, with more and more women in leadership positions, do you believe it'll have a significant impact in organizational culture? I, I don't believe it's going to. I, I, I think that just the trend, and even though there are more women in those roles, I don't see a huge shift happening anytime, not in our lifetime. You where don't think so. No, no, I don't. Because most of the women that are in those roles are very powerful. They're not the, you know, stereotypical, um, you know, woman that's super, you know, soft, warm, fuzzy, that when you think of a woman leader, they, they are really taking on a lot of those um, more typically male attributes as Interesting. a leader. I believe that. Oh, I do. That and, was that, Mary and that's okay. saying that. That's Whoa. okay. I and that's and I don't think there's a problem with that. I you think You don't. No, I don't. Are we I, too PC there in that way? I think we I think we're too PC across the board and that could be a whole other episode. I yep. think that everybody just needs to lighten up. I really do. By the way, one of the chapters in Carlson's book, mm -hmm. Lighten Up. It was too far one way for, you know, decades, centuries, and now we're going a whole different way. We gotta find a, a happy medium. That's Mary Gamma. This is Steve Adubato. This has been Lessons mm -hmm. in Leadership. One more time, thank our sponsors. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to thank uh, New Jersey Resources, Prager Metis. Uh, also, RWJ Barnabas Health, MD Advantage, Valley, Gibbons, Hackensack, Meridian Health, and um, St. Joseph's. Joseph's Health. Yep, absolutely. And thank the great people over at AM 970 and Jerry Crowley. They're the best. And thank the great people at East, East Main, Main Media. Media. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba. This is Brian and the team here at East Main Media. This has been Lessons in Leadership. We'll catch you next time. Stay tuned for Think Tank with Steve Adubato, the podcast where Steve talks with high-profile thought leaders about the critical issues, trends, and challenges facing New Jersey, the region, and our nation today. Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Prager Metis, Gibbons PC, Valley Bank, New Jersey Resources, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825.